Good evening, and welcome to our Good Friday service. We're so thankful that you have joined us uh, tonight. We're going to be in the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 15, uh, tonight. Just take a few reflective thoughts uh, as we come into this season of recognizing that uh, Jesus come for the purpose of dying on the cross and bearing uh, our sins in his body and uh, paying that price. And we're going to look at that uh, this evening uh, for this Good Friday. Would you join me uh, in prayer uh, this evening? Father, bless now as we open your word for a couple minutes. As we've just heard the most wonderful song sung about how precious your blood is that was shed for us so that we could have eternal life. And Father, uh, we are dealing right now in our society uh, with unprecedented times and, and a lot going on. And Lord, I believe that even here as we come around the idea of your cross and your uh, crucifixion, Lord, there's a picture here for us on how to endure when times are so difficult and so hard. And so, Father, I pray that you will bless now as we uh, open your word, as we focus on the crucifixion, the price that you paid for our sins. And, Father, I pray that as we read your word and we apply its truths, Lord, that we will uh, see how you can be with us and help us even when times are at their darkest, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 15, beginning in verse number 42 Mark records, and when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the king kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had already died. And when he learned from the centurion that he had died, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud, and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud, and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock, and rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Jesus was dead. But for the disciples, Jesus should not have been dead. He wasn't supposed to be dead. Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. How do you crucify the Messiah? How do you crucify the Son of God? How He was supposed to be the King. Well, this wasn't part of the plan. This can't be real. But they're taking His body off the cross. They're wrapping his body in the linen and they're laying him in the tomb. The large stone, the, the, they're, they're, rolling, they're rolling the stone. It's covering the entrance. The tomb is sealed. Jesus is dead. Did we believe a lie? Was this all uh, a show? Was this all Fake, Jesus claimed to be the Messiah, the one who is going to come and overthrow the Roman government and to, and to lead our people into freedom. We believe that with all of our heart, and now he's dead. I've lost all hope. It truly is finished. That was how the disciples felt that night. 
That's what the disciples experienced as they probably came back together after Jesus was laid in the tomb and the ladies came. I don't know about you, but I don't really care much for the term Good Friday. Oh, I understand, and don't get me wrong, that the Good Friday is us looking back on that day. I understand uh, very much that, it, that this Friday represents Jesus bearing our sins on his body and dying and paying for the price of our sins. And that's not only good, that's great. And I recognize that. However, when I think about those who were actually a part of that scene, when I think about Peter, and I think about John, and I think about Matthew, and I think about the other disciples that were there, when I read about their eyewitness accounts in, in God's Word, and I, I, I think about how everything ended on that Friday, I realize that when it was all said and done for them on that Friday, all hope was gone. Everything was lost. Nothing seemed like it could get any better. Everything they've invested in the last two and a half, three years of their life looking for what was going on, all the promises they thought that were going to take place, all the things that they believed were going to happen are now sealed in a tomb. They're sealed with their Messiah. They're sealed with Christ. Hope was gone. Maybe you can relate to this. Have you ever had a plan or a goal or maybe a dream? And you plan and you work hard for that and you, you start seeing things coming together. You start seeing plans happening. And, and it's starting to look good and it seems like everything's getting ready to, to fall into place. And then all of the sudden, it happens. Friday hits. Well, Friday's supposed to be a good day. But all of your plans begin to unravel. All of your dreams begin to shatter. Right before your eyes everything begins to collapse and all hope is lost. This is exactly how the disciples felt. This is exactly how they were on what we call Good Friday. At the beginning of the week, they walked into Jerusalem as Jesus rode on a colt, on a donkey, and people were screaming out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now by Friday evening, just before the day ends, just before 6 p.m., the, life the lifeless body of Jesus is taken off the cross, laid in a tomb, sealed and guarded, and hope is gone. And the question we ask is, how do we get here? How did they get here? How do we get to these types of situations in our life? How do we get to where things are so bad and so hopeless? Well, really wrapped up into just one simple word. And that word is sin. You see, the world is broken because of sin. Sometimes bad things come into our life simply because bad things happen, because we live in a broken, sinful world. But there are other reasons why sin comes in and why things fall apart. Because sin destroys, and sin has the power to derail everything else. And sin comes, first of all, because of others. 
It's interesting to note that uh, part of the problem that was going on in this day and age was that of the spiritual leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They had the spiritual power. They had the rule of the place, and they would not relent their power. They knew, had some idea, had some thoughts about who Jesus was. Some of them even were converted to following Jesus. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who also was a part of taking his body down, were a part of these groups but were quiet about it. And these men who had this power wanted to make sure they kept that power. And out of that sin that they had was one of the reasons why they took Jesus to the cross. Oh, but we can't just leave it with the, uh, uh, the leaders, the spiritual leaders there. The disciples had their own sins they dealt with. The disciples dealt with unbelief. Jesus had told them over and over again who he was. Jesus uh, gave them his plan and who he was, and they still didn't believe, didn't understand, didn't know what was going on. But then we can't put it all on the spiritual leaders and we can't put it all on the disciples. We have to recognize it's on us as well. You see, we're sinners. We choose sin. We make the wrong choice. And the reality is, is that the whole reason why Jesus was there on this Good Friday, unbeknownst to the disciples, unbeknownst to the spiritual leaders, but we see throughout Scripture Jesus was there because of our sin. Jesus was there because He was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the one who was going to pay the price for our sin. He was the perfect Lamb of God. God enrobed in human flesh. And He went to the cross, took the place for us. The cross is what we deserved. And he went in our place, bore our sins on his body. There's one other factor here. Not only sin, the big factor, but we have to remember this as well. When we look at the situations of life, the problems of life, the things that come in, we have to also remember the same with what happened here on Good Friday is the same that happens in our life, is that God is in control. There's nothing that happens. There's nothing that happens in our life. There's nothing that happens in the life of anyone that God doesn't already know that God already hasn't seen, that God isn't already there. Listen carefully because this is the truth of Good Friday. Jesus was in the tomb, but the Father was still on his throne. Jesus was in the tomb, but the Father was still on his throne. Nothing happens in this world that God is not in control of. So when all seems lost, we we see how we get there. We see that we live in a broken world. We see that sin causes the problems. We see that God sees and knows all that is happening. And when we get to this point in our lives, what do we do? When life seems hopeless, when everything falls apart, what do we do? I want to show you two things that we need to apply in our lives that I think really applied to the disciples. And the first one is this. The disciples never stopped trusting God. Oh, they were confused. They were, they were upset. They didn't realize what, what was going on. They didn't realize what Jesus was trying to do. They, their Messiah had been crucified. But they didn't stop trusting God the Father. They didn't walk away from 
Judaism. They didn't understand the totality of what was going to take place, but they still stayed together and they still trusted God. They, they still trusted Him through this. You see, when things get tough in our lives, when things get hard, when things start to fall apart, that's most definitely when we are to trust God. That's when we're to trust Him with everything that is going on. When our life seems to be upside down, we need to follow the advice of the old hymn writer, who I think got it perfectly right. The old hymn writer wrote these words, Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. God is always there. God is who we trust. God is who we hold on to. So we must trust God. But also I think so very important, we saw what the disciples did. What did they do? When Jesus was in the garden, they fled, didn't they? They run, they thought, they, they thought for sure that they were going to be caught, that they were going to be killed, that they were going to endure the same thing Jesus did, so they fled. But after the crucifixion, they came back together. After the crucifixion, they stayed with each other. Why? Because they needed each other. Because they needed encouragement. They needed uplifting. They needed to be around those who felt the same. They needed someone to pray with and to help them walk through this. Again, there's no situation in life that we can go through in our life where we can make it on our own. We need one another. We need to encourage one another. Maybe you're in the same place the disciples were. Maybe there's something going on in your life. Maybe this sickness, maybe other things, maybe many things are compounding in your life where you're at. Maybe there's many struggles that you're dealing with. Please let me encourage you to trust God. Maybe that means you need to trust in God. Maybe there's never been a time where you've repented of your sin because we're all sinners. Ask God to forgive you of our sin. Believe in his death, burial, and resurrection and ask him to save you. Maybe that's the first step for you, but trust God. Get around others of the same faith, the same belief, friends that can encourage you and lift you up and let them encourage you. And remember this. You see, the biggest thing you need to remember is that the disciples lost hope on Friday because they didn't realize Easter Sunday was already on its way. Will you pray with me this evening? Father God, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for your love to go to the cross, to die for us, to give us eternal life. And Lord, whatever folks are dealing with or handling in their life right now, would you be a comfort to them? Would you help those of us that are believers to come alongside them and build them up and lift them up, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.